0: Hey, hey, top of the morning, top of the morning. The Husband Club Podcast. I am CEO Grease. S.O. Spence, so? man, I'm here. I got a special guest. My uncle pulled up on us, man. Unannounced.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said he coming
0: through. I've been <laughs> talking right. to him, you know, about uh, about our podcast. So, hey, how you doing, huh? I
2: am Jerry R. period. Smith. Got put better period in mm. there. Okay. I'm Smith. I'm playing old Jerry Smith, otherwise. so I Throw it up in there. Um, OG, OG. Hey, those last names
1: don't... They don't hit like they used
2: to. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> nah, so, you, you want to change yours? No, because you
1: know, in the 90s, they'd be like, hey, 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 man, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the Carters over there. <laughs> you know, the Carters, we grew up with the Carters the and the Brothers, the Brothers
2: over there. They do hit like that no more, man. No, my, my background is like military. Smith. Okay. They use Smitty. You know, oh, okay. Shout so out. They, eight, eight years out, And then, same thing in law enforcement. They just go by your last name, Smith. Officer
3: Smith. But I've been knowing y'all forever. Isn't the spell different, right? No, no why? No,
2: no, no, I I made it up.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was... Hold on, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it up. When I was doing stand up comedy, I, I put the P S M Y T H. Silent P. I saw it. <laughs> Make people laugh before they're posted he's laughing before I even start talking. That's start wild. Laughing. Yeah. Okay. There's that, a There's that's a marketing, that's marketing my move. My that's move.
0: That's smart. You see, you got the. the, the, the. I <laughs> <laughs> They can't see it up in there though. <laughs> <laughs> the <little Uzi laughs> man. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. The
1: it
2: Yeah. It is. It is that.
1: All right, man. So, uh, tell the people. Tell the people a little about uh, a little bit about you and uh, your background.
2: I came here. Uh, okay, born and raised in Arkansas. Uh Go blacks so mm. <laughs> And I left there in 1974 uh, when I joined the Air Force, and uh, went to Columbus, Ohio, a couple of years, 74 to 76, 76, 78. I went to Germany, <laughs> <That's> mm. German. <laughs> and it's swiary do gewesen peace to That's German. And you look at me yeah, like I don't know. White old No, I was in uh, I was there for a couple of years, and. Yeah. Uh, I started taking uh, German courses at college at night, and the two years I was there, it was like, it was a whole new, different world. And I came here in 78, and uh, started bringing the family out, it was October 78, and around January is when uh, my mom and dad and his mother, and yeah. all the whole family started coming out uh, around the beginning of '78. 70, so you were the first one that moved out here? Yeah, 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 I okay. was stationed here from the Air Force. I wanted to come to the West West Coast, so it was either here or George Air Force Base okay. in California, and they stopped me here and, and pretty much, like, I ain't seen nothing bad about it, but I hear people yeah. say, I hate Vegas. You ain't getting the, <laughs> the right life. So you, came,
1: you right. came out here in, uh, in 76. What was your uh, outlook of Vegas back then?
2: I was 22. I, <laughs> you know, I was running. I was a DJ, 22. Oh, uh, word. Like, yeah, I was like all it was. I, I got here on the base October 78. Uh, uh, And that was on Thursday. And on that weekend, I went to the uh, uh, NCO club. And the DJ that was there, he and I became like brothers from night one. You were single back then, too? Oh, yeah. So you were trying to bag like Dorothy (laughs) Dandrews and everything? I was a DJ, man. (laughs) And we would, like, hurt him bad. Everybody knew hey. hurt him bad. Everybody knew hey. hurt him bad. Hey. bad back in the
3: day.
2: You hear they say they called him
3: Smitty. <laughs> smitty, right. Yeah, a whole new alias. Hey, hey, hey. That's the
0: first. Hey, did he, it, it might have been Smutty.
2: <laughs> smutty, slutty. That's huh? that my reputation, I, yes. Uh, okay. I cleaned it up. I cleaned it. it up, though. I, I you say I, slutty, smutty. <laughs> slutty, smutty. I did clean it up, though, so it, you know, it, it, it worked.
1: Yeah, it worked.
2: Uh, was you uh?
1: Any radio stations? Anything? What was you
2: doing? Or just gigs? No, so we were DJs. you know, doing weddings. And uh, KCP, we did do some stuff on was the that. Was they still trying to
3: get an antenna on Black Mountain back <laughs> then, too? <laughs> we were at... Uh,
2: KCP was in the oh, Nucleus Plaza in a room about you know big as a oh, bathroom. Oh, <laughs> and wow. you could only hear it from Nucleus Plaza... Maybe up to uh, Bonanza. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> they came a long uh, way. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It was very very small, mm. uh, but we would just go there like uh, on the special occasions, whatever. And when they started doing live remotes, then they would come to where we were uh, doing dances or you know, whatever event that we were doing and stuff. Back in the day. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that's cool. Cool. Yeah. Man. But when uh, Greece was talking about the, uh, the radio talk show, I uh, I retired in '06. I did twenty years law enforcement. And uh, so 2014, I went back to UNLV. I got my degree there in, in 1990, but I went back uh, in 2014, and uh, the first class that I took, the uh, station manager came in and said, uh-huh. I want some volunteers." And I proposed to them to do a, a talk show that I wanted to interview black, uh, you no know, professionals. Yes. And uh, they, say they came back with a counter proposal. Mm-hmm. If you change that to the minority professionals and throughout the entire community, you got a show. So, cool. I started, uh, you know, putting the concept together. Yeah. And my show replaced Tavis Smiley's show that they had on UNLV on Tuesday night. And I did have like five years or so. Uh, interviewed oh, wow. about over nearly 200 people. Was
1: it, did, it, did it bother you at all for that, that name change at all? Or did you just look at it like a business
2: decision? No, no. It, it, what happened was the uh, programming changed. So all of us volunteers, DJs and, uh, and talk show hosts and all that, yeah. then they say, get your butt out. And uh, peace out.
1: I'm talking about from going from, from black to minority.
2: Oh, see, my, my thing, mm. I'm non-binary. I don't claim black American. I don't claim white American. I'm non-binary. I'm an American. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm politically, I'm not, I don't claim Republican or Democrat. I'm non-binary. I, I took that and say, why do I, am I, should I be forced to do that? And my concept I'm working with is in American patriotism of black choice. Claim your black citizenship, 14th Amendment. Claim your black
3: vote, 15th Amendment. So you're non-binary, but you claim your black citizenship? Oh yeah, so that's what happened with that. <laughs> Funny you should ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, the Constitution was ratified uh, 1787-88. Okay. Black people voted to ratify the law of the land. Black people, free black people, voted yes. to ratify the law of the land. So, The enslaved blacks were not considered citizens. But in 1868, the 14th Amendment says if you are born on these soils or naturalized, you are a citizen with unalienable rights. I never hear, I never had a conversation with a black person talking about the 14th Amendment, and now they don't claim their citizenship. It's like you leave your luggage at at the airport, Whoever finds it, they're going to take that Rolex watch and put it in their pocket, yes. and they're going to take a draw through in the trash, mm-hmm. because it's unclaimed. Right. So now you look at your your citizenship not being claimed, or claiming your black vote in 1869, if they're formally enslaved, and it says formally enslaved, because America has a, a history of enslaving whites, Indians, Chinese, and blacks, so yes. it says formally enslaved, now able to vote. You got to claim it! <laughs> you got to claim it. Then you demand, when you claim something, you demand it. Please get your foot off my neck, please give me my... My right, give me my right. I demand my rights. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna <Right>. sue you. <laughs> That's how I look at mm. these. But be the these be
0: the conversations. I, I <laughs> yeah, no, have. no. I I, you see my eyes. <laughs> yeah. You see my eyes. Up, man.
1: That's yeah, yeah. What I, you know.
0: yeah, no, it, it's it's real game though. Cause I, like I said, uh, like you said, the last names don't hit the same. But with my uncle, he also makes sure that he makes sure that we know where we came from. Yeah, you know. So he's very proud about uh, you know, our last names and uh, like I said, he's a legacy guy. You know. So I know a lot of the a lot of the information that I get uh get from too. Just business stuff too, just outside yeah. of my dad is, is my uncle right here. So, mm. oh, yeah.
2: Man. yeah, let's go back on the agenda that y'all talking about. Because, yeah, I no, like the see, this is hey, we, 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 nah, it, nah, we, nah, we, nah, nah, it, nah, we, nah, we, nah, nah, it, nah,
0: we nah, I'm curious. No, because you didn't it somewhere. What we got to see too, a lot of times, that we got to see older professionals too. You know, that's why, uh, are older. You know, black man too. So yes. we got uh we yeah. got a couple of topics. Oh, you to we'll, be black.
2: black. Yeah, okay. Use <laughs> a clay. I still got, got I the got black, I, I got the no and yeah, all you. that dope, but yeah. Yeah. But no. But we
0: you know we got a couple of topics that um you can give us uh your input, yeah. Yeah, your input on um because like I said, uh also give us a little history about uh your 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 marriage or
2: <laughs> how you wanna uh, uh, give it give it, give a background about yourself. I was scared you were gonna ask me that.
3: <laughs>
2: no, so I, I was telling, I was talking to mine on the phone and saying that my wife and the way that she is, her background, and then mine, I don't think it would work for you guys or anybody else. And each individual, whatever they bring to the marriage, that makes it unique. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes it unique. Now, there are some universal things We're saying that, uh, like Utah's, you know, approach to marriage and household and all that. But when you start looking at the Constitution and you start looking at the laws, it favors marriage. Mm-hmm. So I love the constitute the institution of marriage. I've been there three times. So okay. the institution of marriage. Now, then you're going to start saying that what about the, the individuals that are bringing their unique relationships, experiences to the marriage and what their demands are or what they're what they're wanting, their outcomes, what they're wanting to make mm-hmm. happen. Some people are wanting, you know, children. Some don't want children. Some want a you know, big family, blended family and all that. Yeah. So you, you can't 100% say go on your marriage and what's going to happen. So my most recent ex-wife, she and I split everything down the middle. Cause and cause, you know, as it did happen, the half that she got, that was her half. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. And all the people I know, when I was working law enforcement, there was one guy I married eight times, Jesus. and there were a lot of them that were telling me, "Man, your marriage ain't da da da." And they were married three or four times to my one. I was married 20 years to my most recent ex-wife. But um, the part of saying that there are some universal alities to America and, uh, and the way that it looks at marriage. Mm-hmm. And then, again, is that when you're finding somebody that you're contemplating uh, marriage or you married to now, then you're looking at whatever you, you guys going the same direction and what philosophy and what religious practice, a whole lot of background, uh, educational experiences. Uh, yeah. that, in fact, uh, a book that I had written called The, uh, the Dream Work Life Timeline okay. for what you guys are doing you can turn it into the uh, dream marriage timeline. Mm-hmm. Dream marriage timeline. So the one area of looking at mm-hmm. is saying education, specialized training. What do you want to bring into the marriage? Uh, all the education that you have now is that the is that it? Is right. that the extent of it? Mm-hmm. Or you want somebody to get a you know master's degree, PhD, and what are they bringing into the uh, the household? <laughs> that was funny. There was a lady, Asian, uh, when I was going to university. And the teacher was asked, well, why do you want to get a degree? And the Asian lady said, so I can get married. Mm. I'm thinking about that. See, She getting a degree so she can get married so that their children in the household are going to be, have access to two people who are higher learning and advanced degrees. Yeah. And Most people, when they get married, saying that I love her. I met her at the club. <laughs> you know, right. And they're not looking at that. So if you're going to be practical and you're looking long term, then... What does a household look like with two highly advanced, educated people if it lasts you know, forever or yeah. that long? Question. That kind of thing.
3: By you being married three times, mm-hmm. your co worker was married eight times, what value <laughs> in marriage did you guys see to continue to want to stay in marriage? Because most people will quit after the first marriage. Like, I'm never <laughs> be doing this again.
2: Uh, it, like, as I've indicated, you know, kind of abstractly, I like the institution mm-hmm. of yes. marriage. So then the person. That I marry, they have to have an appreciation for the institution of marriage, and saying that what are the advantages this country offers for people who are married, Mm -hmm. and when you start taking it off tax advantage and buying and this and all these free things and the government giving it out, when you start you know checking those boxes, you're saying this is worth fighting for or staying into. And, you know, you stay, you have a good relationship. If, if it's an abusive marriage on either one, yeah, then man. you don't stay with that. That's to outliers. me, unless you're going to, like, get therapy, counseling, yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. or just run away. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yours is more, more, more business. Yeah. Not necessarily. So, again, my, my wife, current wife, yeah, she is about business and is about uh, the structure, structure. And when you're looking at somebody who is running an empire, that's making multi millions per year and running it by herself. Then it is about business because that's where her mind is. So if if the marriage is not somewhere somewhere close to to uh, duplicating or mirroring that, it's mm-hmm. not going to work for them. So that that's why I was saying the unique pro, uh, prospects or yeah. possibilities or things that the other person brings to yeah. marriage. That's what's going to make it work or not work. Yeah. yeah. Because not I, I guess sitting here uh,
1: thinking about it, I feel like the you know, not necessarily your situation, right. but uh, a lot of people with that thought process, like, what good is the business structure if the personal relationship is not there? Because in hindsight, it sounds like we are business partners, which could turn into the
2: feeling of roommates. Yeah, it it, it could get, you know, saying cold-hearted in a in a way that way, but there again, it's the uniqueness that both parties will bring to the relationship. Um, uh, when I am accustomed to eight years in the military and then twenty years law enforcement, almost yeah. thirty years of being of structure, everything that I was responsible for and held accountable for, I was professionally trained in that. Mm-hmm. So then if I when I'm relating to someone else and they're not disciplined that way, it ain't gonna work. And I don't I I prefer them to have their own ideas, their own life, their own, 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 own. But I insist <laughs> that, that I will make, when I really feel adamant about something, it's got to go my way. It has to go my way. Now, and I would tell my daughter the same thing. So I say that when you're going to let the man, I'm old school, i right from a dad, <laughs> is that when you're going to give him that household leadership role, you better trust in him and running it right. If you don't, then don't marry. Don't give it to him. Yeah. But I, I know, I, I, I know. I give a lot of latitude, a lot of, lot of, you know, uh, responsibilities, whatever, to the other person. But I say, when it's something I feel it, and they kind of know, they know. And I say, if you, if you don't do that, you're disrespecting me. And then now I got to decide what I'm going to do. Either I let it go and say it's no longer hold the same value. I'm sixty-seven years old now. I don't want to fight and start yeah, over right, again. Right, so, right, yeah. so that's my approach to it. Is saying that that uh, as an independent, I'm really big on on being, uh, you know, feminism and equal opportunity, equal equality, all that. Yeah. They can have that.
3: Do you feel there's a bigger risk that you're taking? Because if it don't work, you're losing half of what you put in, as opposed to her losing her half? <laughs> no, my,
2: my arrogance won't allow me to do that. Okay. <laughs>
3: no, no, the, again, as I was
2: saying with the uh, most recent ex-wife is that uh, most Nevada recent ex <laughs> <Y. laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> Nevada, Nevada is a community yeah. property state that everything that is accumulated after the marriage then half they're entitled to have. Mm-hmm. and my thought is then, when you're looking at it from that perspective that you can't feel bad that she is getting half when that's her half that she paid for yeah. and right. vice versa so it's kind of like you a know, business arrangement but I'm thinking it's practical and I don't want to say that you're getting more or I'm getting more than what I put in because mm-hmm. my current wife is way rich- richer than I you know? am. Yeah. And so, but the part of saying, I don't want, I made sure, I don't want your money, so pre- prenup, all that stuff. Yeah. Sorry about putting the business out there, baby. No. <laughs> no, I'm, sorry, I'm apologize yeah. to her if she listens. Yeah. So, yeah. But the, the part of saying, and I was fine with that, I still am. I don't want anything that she accumulated after the marriage. Yeah. I say that. It is gonna be recorded. In our- <laughs> yeah. Oh, this live, baby, <laughs> we live. None of this back. <laughs> <All right. laughs> be like Trump finding yeah. out. Let me, um, <laughs> okay. let me I,
1: because you know all of the all of the laws, the bylaws, and all of that. Um, is it easier for you to hit the D button because you know what comes along with it? I think a lot of relationships, um, or marriages, uh, are way over before the divorce process begins. But because you know it,
2: right. it makes it. A bit easier? As I said, I'm, I, I I believe my military bearing and, and uh, background, and then the same kind of discipline and, and reinforcement yeah. through 20 years of law enforcement, and I was already like that before, <laughs> before I entered both of those careers, uh, which now compiling or uh, adding all those together, I tell people jokingly and kind of seriously that, again, my most recent ex-wife, she worked at Child Protective Services, so she was talking to oh, wow. the judges all the time. Yeah. And so she got with the judge and filed the divorce paper, forged my name, gave me a copy of it. So she destroyed the marriage. No, it wasn't destroyed. We, we, we were already Oh, going. okay. And, and it was a amicable. You know, bye. <laughs> you know, yeah, no. right. No, right. It, we today were like brothers and sisters. And, and uh, I still call her mom. Mom, I see them every so often. Uh, we have a grandchild in, in common and, and a daughter. Uh, but the, the part of saying that it wasn't a devastating divorce as in we fought and one being abusive whatever you had to it, it was mutually, you know, agreed upon yeah. that uh, we were parting ways. So every marriage is gonna be different and every divorce yeah. is
1: gonna be so, different right, as well. Right. Real? So, How many uh, children?
3: Just one. One. You have okay. one? Uh <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. No
3: okay, so I <laughs> no I'm 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 am I'm, I'm an open book. Yeah. So
2: I just discovered October last year, a biological through Ancestry.com.
3: No shit.
2: Yeah, we can say shit. He okay. was a wild boy. <laughs> you guys on here. No, this is, so the uh, girl, or back in high school, when she became pregnant, they, uh, she her mother sent her to Cleveland to have the child. Wow. So I joined the Air Force before she came back and had the baby and stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, and I'm just not discovering that. that a yeah, wild now. boy, okay, boy.
1: Wow. wow <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> okay. Then. So so okay. Family So I raised
2: yeah one yeah. dot. Di- I yeah. raised my daughter and I I raised her to be independent. I raised her to be independent. Does she have the same
1: thought process as you in in terms of relationship I, and marriage? I hope not. I hope not. No, <laughs> I
2: I want I want mine to be you know my own one. Yeah. And saying again, I I I don't believe that she will find people mm-hmm. that will match the type of women or you know mate yeah. or whatever that I might want. Uh, but I I do know that she. I gave her her papers for independence at 17 and say everything that happened from here on you are responsible for Ooh. that. But up to 17, then, you know, it's only parents. Right. I, I hate it when somebody says you must not been raised right. No, this happened to me after I left the house. Right. Give me blame or credit for that. Right. So she's pretty, pretty good at making decisions. <laughs> okay.
1: Don't? Cause, um, you know, Greece said earlier that you are a legacy guy. So you're dealing with a child, three wives, but they all, when you when it's all said and done, are they going to have the same opinion? Because now your legacy is left in the hands of different <laughs> individuals and not one sole
2: entity. Hmm. So uh, when I said that my arrogance won't allow me, and and this is another aspect of it, um, when I transition, then everything that I was doing had been involved in what my aspirations might be. Then I say that can go with me because I won't be here on earth to monitor yeah. and to make it turn out the way I want it to. So the legacy part is going to be, I'm not into hero worshiping. I don't believe that most of the heroes of the, of the black community in our history was thinking when they were doing that, in 2023, man, they going to be talking about yeah. me doing it. I don't think they, they were doing it. They were just living their lives and trying to do whatever they yeah. had their abilities to do. So I'm not much about that legacy, traditional legacy thing is that if if you remember me and and something I said that made an impact on you, uh, I was surprised about three weeks ago, we had a meeting with a lawyer, and he came in and said, I know you from somewhere, man, young guy. So we had a meeting, a couple of hours, hour and a half or so. When he got ready to leave, he said, SBI, Summer Business Institute. The county does Summer Business too, where they give the intern to uh, the high school kids. Yeah. And now he's a big-time lawyer. And he mm-hmm. was saying that, so I was in charge of the mentoring, liaison, training, the mentors, and the mentees. Mm-hmm. And he remembered me, like I say, now he's a big-time lawyer. So I didn't know the impact 20 some years later yeah. mm-hmm. that I'm going to be having a meeting with this guy when I saw him as a little kid, a little skinny kid. Now he's a skinny kid growing yeah. up. But that kind of thing I was saying, the legacy part aspect of it, I think if we get caught up in looking at ourselves so much, uh, a lot of stuff that I'd done, say, with KFABs that Reese was a part of, uh, had I been looking for accolades for it, then I don't think, I, I think I would have lost vision right. for what I wanted it to in turn time, time, on. Making that sure that the kids are staying out of trouble and all that kind of stuff, and, and they're getting some good bringing lawyers in to talk with them, and you know those kind of things, to me, I want to focus on that. So yeah. the legacy that I might leave will be on the person who's keeping that legacy alive, and not me yeah. telling them that, you remember me, and you say my name, Jerry R. Smith, this, yeah. such, no. so you,
1: you is That's interesting. So, like, do you feel like, um, you know, ego-wise, I don't need validation. the thought of legacy is a bit of self-worship?
2: No, to me, I don't need a legacy. I don't need anyone externally giving me, you know, high fives or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't need that. I don't need validation. It's a, uh, My yeah. arrogance <laughs> takes yeah. me through all of that and say, I don't need someone telling me, man, what you did with those kids. I don't yeah. need that. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, try to fault people and, and think mm-hmm. badly of them if they are that way. <laughs> Like I say, I don't believe that the people in history, in black history in America, were thinking that in 2023, we're going to be trying to, I bet you, they would be like nervous. <gasps> what am I doing now? 2023, they're going to be like, putting my picture up and all this. Is my makeup on good? Yeah. If we if Like I said, 22,
3: 33. <laughs> like, what are we thinking about that far off for? We've gone. Man, so I,
2: one of the characters that I, I have on my poster is Carter G. Woodson. 1926 he started Black History Week. Mm-hmm. In three years, what is it gonna be, 100 years? In three years, black history. Black history in America, three, in three years. And to me, we're a slave to slave history because we keep repeating it like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Struggle and injustice, struggle in injustice, struggle and injustice. But I don't think he was thinking, 100 years from now, <laughs> we're gonna still be doing this. And yeah. we gotta do it in a way that we, he thought that we should, it should play right. out. When right. you talking about 1926? No. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Black like well, History is big business, so un, you know I put it up there with. Unfortunately, you know, I, and I'm a, I'm a uh, you know I can consider myself you know uh, very pro pro Black. Uh, you know I'm big <laughs> on, I'm big on Black History, but I do understand that it is part of the uh, American traditions now. So like uh, the like the Valentine's said. Day, yeah. the Christmas, the uh, Easter, The it, newly Juneteenth. It's all it's, it's big business now and so yeah. at some you know at some point um you know America the business she is looks at our trauma and have learned how to profitize off of it even if it comes from
2: us true so so as you're saying that and I, I I go in that direction a lot uh in the sense of the things that African Americans especially if you're multigenerational uh formerly enslaved background, then you're looking at... So, to me, the original uh, black community was the slave quarters. Yes, The original black community slave quarters. So, socially engineered by Dominic Culture Design. I believe if black people had the freedom that we would not be, I want you to stay black and stay black and... Did I say stay black? And not sell out I'm saying that we didn't design what has been defined for us as African-Americans and the black community and the way that we are in our legacy and our history and all that. We didn't design that. Yeah. So why, why do you want to hold on to it? That's why I say I don't claim black because what is black in America? And when you start looking at the profile and Ooh. try to look at it, the, then the, no, I said no. Okay,
1: I'm getting a better idea of where you're coming from, okay? <laughs>
2: but when you're looking at saying, uh, American patriotism and you look at the uh, the Constitution, the preamble of the Constitution, we... The you know black yeah. people in order to form a more perfect union for black people, and you keep going all down. Okay,
1: let me ask you. Okay, ah! Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> this then. is fun, man. This let is me is ask fun. you a question. Then. So hit okay, me, hit me, hit so, so because of our, you don't necessarily claim black because no. of American history. Right, right, right.
2: American right. so yeah. go on it's yeah. com. why I go in there? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> so in hindsight
1: they are giving you. Yeah, I know the information will okay. tell you into why I went on there.
2: Cause the baby mama.
1: <laughs>
2: this, No, I, you asked me, I'm an open book. <laughs> she asked right. me, would I be willing to go on there <laughs> to <laughs> set, settle it that I was the yeah, okay. So okay, Murray okay, called okay, me and I said, know. you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I get yeah, it. Then Then another girl on there, she said, you're my uncle, so one of your brothers my daddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> asked me. But anyway, so you asked that. But when you start looking at, say, the uh, legacy, and the ancestry, that whole thing is based on blue blood. Somebody want to find out they're related to the king down the line. And we, African Americans, we know where that's going to end or where it's yeah. going to, you know, where you're going to hit a rolling block, a roadblock or whatever. Uh-huh. So the part of saying that, I don't, <laughs> we had a family reunion out here uh, in 2004, and the historian traced our, on my dad's side, back to Lady Godiva and King Henry VIII or something like that. But nothing about my dad's dad's side to say that, you know, where all that come from. But through the ancestors, you can see from Nigeria and Cameroon, and all that kind of stuff on there, saying about the black heritage. But when you're doing it for us trying to keep up with the uh, Eurocentric pride, blue you know, aristocratic, we, we shouldn't even, to me, you, today, what you got going on today, you don't need external validation anywhere in history or present. When you feel good about yourself and what you're doing now, and when you're looking at saying that you want to teach your kids and your kids' kids and all that of uh, some good things, good values going forward, and looking at the American values, the American dream. So when you, I used to be called uh, Uncle Tom sellout when I was an officer inside the jail, walked by there, Uncle Tom, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so then in uh, 1865, war ends, now there's no more slavery. So the black people that came here after that, can we call them Uncle Toms or sellouts? The ones who came after slavery ended came. To, there were a lot of black people that came to America after that during the Reconstruction era. No, yeah, okay. There were a lot of black people who came from Africa and other countries who were free. Well, all of us were free
3: then. Not legally, five. but they came. No, here. no, no,
2: they were legal. No, the ah. Catilda.
3: Go ahead talk, ahead. talk about the Catilda. That was the last slave ship that was that came to America. They came to the ports of Mobile Bay. That was an illegal slave ship that got here. Gotcha. So that was gotcha, the last gotcha. known slave ship that entered American soil but right. it was illegally entered. Okay. So people that came from Africa, they came here legally. But I don't think they came here legally looking for work and better opportunity like Irish or Scottish people or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Mexicans currently, you know, so to speak.
2: I wanna, I, I'll want to. i give you a few references if you want. So I've been doing a whole lot of uh, research, mm-hmm. and my major focus has been on prosperous professional blacks. The book, uh, 1619 Project, and then there's another book called Slave Without Masters. In the book, The Slave Without Masters, it was showing in the South during slavery time in the 1870s and 1800s of free blacks who were wealthier, more powerful than the local white people.
3: That wasn't the majority, though. That I, was, that was I don't out, care what the were, number is. They tra- were outliers, though.
2: And, and to me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So now we want to add another outlier, add another one, add another one, add So another. We,
3: we're focusing on the minority, not the majority.
2: No, I'm focusing on the pers- on the people. To say that, right, right, right. My, again, my focus on prosperous, professional black people throughout so when I look at my legacy of eight years Air Force, 20 years law enforcement, right. and then say what I've done financially and all this other stuff my whole entire life, right. when I start looking at that and say, now I want to add to the numbers. Now, I know I'm an
3: outlier, but is that a bad thing? When, when I want to make sure... It's you not. In. It's actually an inspirational thing. There we go. But there when go. we're focusing on the minority and I, not looking at the majority, you're kind of being blindsided on what the majority of the people are going through. I like through. this. I like this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, so... Uh, what I, his mom, my sister, yesterday mm-hmm. we were having a conversation, and this is the way most conversations go. Mm-hmm. African-Americans, even when I had my talk show when I was uh, I was on the executive board for the 100 black men, and when we as professional black people come together, right. it was more about the narrative of struggle and injustice, struggle and injustice. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that when, you know, white people around and we're still talking about struggle and injustice, then Where's the progressive? When does that happen? When's that going to kick that. in? Yeah. So I, to me, I, I'd rather not even acknowledge it and then move on. So we can remember but not relive. And what happened with African-Americans, we remember, and then we say, oh, we relive it. So relive it, I mean, you can remember it, but don't relive it. The Ho- Holocaust, they remember it, but they, they go back and making big money as Jews, yeah. Jewish people do. But we as African-Americans, we don't tend to do that. We remember and relive and relive. And say, did you forget that what they did, uh, if you start looking at, again, the, the merits of the uh, preamble to the Constitution, and you're saying that America mm-hmm. and the American dream and mm-hmm. what it has to offer, all of my Nigerian friends, a millionaires and one billionaire, and they came here, so in 1965, the, black, the uh, uh, Immigration Act started inviting Afri- from the African diaspora, the African con- uh, continent, mm-hmm. to come to America. And mm-hmm. what were they looking for? You better bring the money. You yeah. got to be a millionaire, billionaire. You got to be going to a, a higher learning, or or you're going to start a business, or you're going to, you're going to get all of the, brand the elite blacks. So when people complain that they're bringing, that the Nigerians think they're better than African-Americans, they thought that one in the other country they were in. So when you start uh, saying that this is law, if you, and we don't want to bring more black people to put on a welfare yeah. roll, or to live in, in the ghettos. They don't even go live in the ghetto. They don't live in black communities. right. But so I, and I'm saying that we should is be able that to learn at, something from that. But is that rooted in culture and work ethic? So the uh, again, when I went to Nigeria uh, in 2000, I was there for about a month, and I was part of an elite, you know, community mm-hmm. of people. So when we walked around, the people bow down, get out of the way, whatever yeah. it is. And I'm saying that uh, I ain't used to that. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at uh, an elite culture, uh, I don't, I don't, in, I don't treat myself that way and I don't like that, but that's the way the world is. And either you personally and or you pass it on to your children to say get some skills that are marketable and that when you do start working it's going to be at the higher level of income. We got 24 hours in a day, 86,400 seconds in a day, 1440 minutes in a day.
1: Okay, when you saying this right, when you saying this, okay, yeah. I'm sorry, we ain't, we ain't talked about right. marriage at all. <laughs> oh, okay. We is. here, we here, here. Yeah, but I'm here. here. Check okay. this
2: out, though. This goes into the marriage. This, all yeah. of what right, we're right, saying right, now, right. it's okay. part yeah. of the marriage. But when you
1: say, okay, so when you say, you know, um, I, from my standpoint, I feel like um, when a, uh, even if it's a Eurocentric viewpoint of what it is to be black, um, a black American, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like once you start to know thy history, as they say, you go it's it's like you go through a grief process. And not it's not that we continuously stick with what happened in the past. It's that we still have people in our community that's finding out what happened in the
3: past. That's a learning curve, that's a latency.
1: But when you from a from an elitist standpoint, because you you sound a real elitist, a I, I am from I am. an elitist standpoint. I, mm-hmm. I had Axel brothers and you know I um I I had a, 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 a it's kind of similar conversation a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh the Beacon graduation, right? Mm-hmm. And a part of me felt like it was dope because you know the kids are getting some recognition for who they are and where they come from and whatever they decide to do with that. But it did make me feel like it was starting to become a participation trophy because when you get in the circle with everyone, you're unable to compete. So it puts us in a.
3: Anybody can do it. Commercialized.
1: (laughs) I can't compete with everybody. So let me. You do my own thing to get some sort of recognition that how I, I, I can agree with your standpoint there mm-hmm. that I think on a, on, a, on a competition level, um not just in America um, but in in the world in totality, I feel like uh black Americans are probably bottom tier. we probably are competition- wise. So we run everything but we won't own it. We don't own any, we don't any, own anything. And it's
2: specific when you say competition wise, as in job education, uh promotion, like, what what's specific? Do you have an example in your mind that uh, we are
3: not as whatever it is? Education. Okay. So education, education. job wise for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh what would you what do you call it? Economics. Just average income. And it's ownership. A, ownership. <laughs> So here, here is the what is uh, what
1: is the what is the, the technical term
2: for workforce? Workforce. <laughs> no, <laughs> the other one. It's another term, but I can't. Well, we, we'll go with that because we both on all understand. It, but so, we yeah. can't. Creating job opportunities. Yes, we can. So, Greece and I are reading uh, a couple of books. One is uh Poweronomics by, by Doctor. Uh, Claude Anderson. Yeah. yeah. And then the uh, uh, Wealth, uh, Wealth Choice by uh, Kimbrough. Yeah. There's yeah. mm-hmm. Kimbrough. And when you read both of those books and and start analyzing both of them yeah. understand what yeah. they're having to to offer i look at it say when we when i talked i still mentoring the school and and have a few kids um work with the mastermind uh, set as well um it's saying that don't look for external validation don't look for that you look at what uh does the united states have to offer economically educationally and and stand housing and just whatever it is that america has to offer and focus on that. This part I look at and say again that the Africans who who come here now, mm-hmm. most foreigners, not only Africans, but most foreigners, they come here for the American dream, yes. American opportunities. They and we, we, if I may use, we're it, born mostly, into it. Yeah, we're born in, into this, but we still don't like feel entitled. We don't claim it. We don't claim it. We don't claim those opportunities. When I joined the Air Force in 1974, it was that all the people in my community, black uh, people in my community, they didn't join. They didn't take advantage of the military. So a lot of the, the set-aside and a lot of the advantages, a lot of the programs that are set-aside, sp- express for the black community, we are not, we as a collective community of, of black people, mm-hmm. are not taking advantage of that. So then I, I would say you take full responsibility yourself for that, and you pass it on, and ain't nobody got to look at me and say, Jerry, R. Perry Smith, you deserve this trophy. Ah, you know, yeah. no, I ain't. But know. is
1: it because we live in it, though? So Living
2: what? Living, living what? We're built so, into- so
1: we're living here. So it's hard to see. It's hard to get an outlet, a uh, outlook. Yeah, yeah. From the outside, because we're we ain't been here. on the outside. <laughs> but yeah. from somebody from Nigeria or China, they're yeah. looking at the U.S.
2: Outside looking outside,
1: in. outside looking in. So when they come here, they know the exact moves
2: to make. So at, as an excuse or reason for to Jeez. say, if they, if they, <laughs> as in the outside people are getting come to Vegas because we're staying in Vegas, about blah and all yeah. that, you know, So come to America land of opportunity, and saying that if I'm right here, and I can't see as far as for the trees, then should I blame someone? Should I, and long as I continue to blame somebody else, then I'm not taking responsibility. I ain't got to do better. But opportunity looks different to different people. Oh, oh, no doubt, no doubt. I, My approach to it, and again, I I apologize for my arrogance to other people who don't like it, but yeah, I ain't got to please. Yeah, two people. Two people I got to please. Me and whoever agrees with me. Those are the two mm, people yeah. I got to <laughs> agree. Yeah. I got to yeah. please. So the part of, that I look at is when I had my talk show, I had 28 minutes to record. 28 minutes. So when the African-Americans would come on, African-Americans would come on and have a part mm-hmm. of it, and they started talking about that uh, you know, downtrodden and struggling and injustice, then I'm saying, I only got 28 minutes. I'm saying this to myself. So I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm looking at the professional next door, and one guy had like 15,000 people when he was the head of Nokia in the, uh, the, somewhere in, in Asia. And I'm saying, you no, know, I want to, you to tell my listeners how you manage and what you need to know to be at the helm of 15,000 people in the whole working for Nokia and keeping it profitable. They ain't got time for you to tell it. Just say, struggle and injustice. Now, you, you, you know, okay, now, I'm going on to tell you when you go into this, you've got to research, you've got to know, you've got to get educated, you've got to get all this stuff that you need to do. I'm going to give you the black print right now. That's what I'd rather spend my time talking about than the struggle and injustice. When I look at black history and say in the struggle and injustice, in 1926, as said, Carter G. Wesson did, the first Black History Week, and it was designed to uh, highlight the contributions of African-Americans to America and world at large. Fast forward, the first modern-day Black History Month was based on a 1970, the uh, Black Student Unions at, uh, at Kent State. They did the first one from January 28th to February, 19th, uh, to February 28th. And what they did is based it on, so what we are stuck in, like Groundhog Day, is they just came off of the struggle and injustice. So that was what they were saying. saying, We're going to talk about all of this stuff that they did wrong, that they did this. So Black History Month has not really changed since 1970. And I'm looking at, say, 21st century Black History Month. 21st century Black History Month. The people, all those baby boomers, we're dying out. So what is that going to really look like? We're 23 years into the 21st century. 23 years in a minute. It's going to be 2030, then 2050. And it's like the youngest guy that's in Congress now is 26 years old. They're going to be running this country, black, white, and and Asians, and mixtures of all that. So is Black History Month going to be celebrated the same way? The people who know, because I was living during the Black, the Civil Rights Movement in 1955, and then the the Black uh, Panther and Mm -hmm. all this struggling injustice justice and black power and all that, I was living during that time, but the people now, the young kids, they've got to like
3: read about it. Or then you want to talk to me about it? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it either. But doesn't that go into what you were saying earlier about we're part of the American fabric, because we're now at a point to where they don't even acknowledge Black History Month, or where they feel like they're part of the American culture, so where it doesn't have to be separated for Black History Month, because we are American history? Mm. So when, when we're looking at saying uh, participating in
2: American prosperity, that's another concept I have for a documentary, mm. participating in American uh, prosperity, American prosperity, participating in prosperity, not participating in American poverty, struggle, and mm-hmm. injustice, all that. So when you start, to me, if you're going to design a lifestyle around participating in American prosperity, you ain't got time for that. You don't care about that. I mean, remember, but don't relive. So you can acknowledge the struggle, and injustice, whatever stuff, but if you're trying to make it and you're on the grind, you ain't got time to be, do some research with a chat GPC or something of what it's going to take for me to do a business plan and uh, going forward with that. I I know we to me we mm-hmm. put too much emphasis too much time on the holding on to socially engineered by dominant culture design white design <laughs> socially engineered black community our everything that we hold on to mm-hmm. as true as our culture mm-hmm. in America when I went to Nigeria all the stuff that we think is is African that stuff the guy who did the uh, Kwanzaa mm. when I was when I was on the uh, yeah. <laughs> board for the uh, 100 Black Men he came through. And we talking, got to chat and say, mm-hmm. most of the stuff I made up. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so now up. we're buying into that, you know, that lie, that narrative, that whatever, <laughs> and saying because we want to be like other people and have something we can be proud of. I say, not oh, pride. That pride is Eurocentric. The whole pride thing, when you looking and in, in liking yourself and liking where you're going, and you're designing a lifestyle for you and your family around that, and saying you don't need a trophy participation or not. You don't need that. Do what you want. You don't need external validation. Go out and do what you want to do and start looking at the best thing to do. So what is the outcome of me spending my 8, 6,400 seconds in a day? fourteen right. hundred forty minutes in a day. We're time millionaires and billionaires. We are time millionaires and billionaires. Every 11 and a half days is a million seconds. How are you spending it? Every 31.4 years is a billion seconds. How are you spending it? Time is money. How are you spending it?
3: I'm sorry. That's crazy. I think, I think <laughs> at one point in our timeline, we wanted to be separate but equal, but that equal part wasn't the same as the other equals. Uh, so, so if the equal part wasn't an issue, but we were still separate, would you have a problem with that?
2: So separate but equal and saying socially engineered by dominant culture design of what is equality, what is equal. To me, the uh, American dream, mm-hmm. and when you start looking at what, in order to form a more perfect union, I mean, that's an ideal I can get behind. Citizenship. Black people, I rarely, if ever, have a conversation about citizenship. What is the definition of a a citizen? What are your civic duties and responsibilities? Your civic duties and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Ask not what this country can do for you. What are your personal civic duties and responsibilities? When you do that and you're claiming your citizenship, and you're claiming your black vote, and you're saying that I am a citizen, what are my responsibilities as a citizen? Then now, I'm part of mainstream. To me, I say, assimilate, but don't abdicate. Assimilate into mainstream society and what it has to offer, but don't abdicate, as in walk away and give away, give up your connection to the black community or black neighborhood. To me, O.J. Simpson was a good example of assimilating and abdicating. I ain't black, I'm O.J. But then we look at Barack Obama. He assimilated and never gave up his blackness of black community commitment to the black people. So looking at, and I think the outcome, I know because I'm a living proof. I
3: think his wife... Counted yeah. for that though yeah. you, you that the, the car in his back pocket uh, and I look at the no Chicago. so with yeah. with oh block
2: i, I got <laughs> i I got a whole i did forty years on him when uh, king's assassination ninety six 8 to him becoming president in two thousand and eight and i I did a ten year block so mm-hmm. so I know what he was about in being a uh, a community organizer when he went into Chicago, him deciding volunteering
3: as an attorney, to be a community organizer. I'm, I'm not dismissing that. I'm dismissing a biracial black man raised in Hawaii by his white mama. He doesn't okay. live the same life that the average black man in America and the States would live. Okay. so, so But he claimed black. Is slightly different. No, yeah, no doubt he claimed okay, black. He's not raised like the average, I was the majority <laughs> of black men in this country. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah.
2: I like that approach to it. I yeah. said, I was, and I don't claim black. Because I don't want it. it's socially engineered by dominant culture design telling me Black America, Black man is expected to you know die at seventy five or whatever it is. Black mm-hmm. man's is expected to. Black man's is expected to. Yeah. If you're earlier than black,
3: you I'm saying wait a minute. These are this is a profile of a Black
2: man. I should claim that and I want that. No. So let me ask
3: you this then. You were stationed overseas, right? Germany, Germany, right? Yeah. What about the Black cultures in France and in Europe and Germany? Those they're not Black Americans. They're Black. Africans, so to speak, or African Germans, or however the dynamics is out there, do they claim their blackness? Mm. So, again, to to me, to claim black American
2: and saying uh, now I want to prescribe to, and I want to live my life based on the, if you started out in 1956 when I was born and come all the way up to now Mm -hmm. and say you got to make black, black, black part of that, you wouldn't get to me. You wouldn't get to who I am and what my, my uh, experience has been, especially as an adult, if you're going to base it on the profile of black men, I wouldn't, no, you won't get to me. So how can I claim something that I don't check the box off that I'm poor and I'm this, I'm educated what? Like, if I don't, then how can I claim it? To me, really, how can I claim it? Yeah. I, I these, are, these are these these are are the conversations we have all the time. <laughs> I am you know, because it. no, it's not, it's
0: what's crazy about it, though, because... Like I said, it, this is the this is where you learn from. Yeah, you know, I because, am intrigued. Uh, I'm not gonna He's I not
3: am. the first person in this in, in the baby boomer era that I've heard that. My, yeah. I have two uncles that kind of oh, talk, like talk the to same them. way. Yeah. I love I to talk. Swear to that's what why I know a, I the questions to ask him. Yeah. Cause I got two uncles that talk the same way. Like yeah, I like, why. I like yeah. every everything
0: that we do, that's why I said a lot of times the you know like i said you got to see these type of dynamics you got to learn from it because like he just said his wife is richer than he is yeah and that's what we question i was going to ask like how does that work with head of the household like you said <laughs> you like your arrogance but she the breadwinner at the crib so how does how does that work for your dynamic because yeah, i know you like you said like hey i i'm bringing this this is what i'm bringing to the marriage this is what she's bringing you know auntie bringing to the marriage so is it, how does how does that uh, dynamic work at the house, like you said? Because I I heard earlier you said like they know like when I say it this is it this is it that's it. How does that work with 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 uh like like I said with your wife with that dynamic as far as like because I know finances is big definitely because I know we talk about finances a lot, <laughs> yeah. uh just just as couples uh, up here. So how does that work with you?
2: My my approach to it is that Metro is really good to me. And, and I do the uh, calculations that they set aside like a million dollars uh, investment and give me an annuity. So my annuity is like 6.5%, a little over, you know, 5000 a year. I'm independent. I don't need her money. And I made her, let her know that her um, concerns about me trying to be a gold digger or something like that, and I, don't, I don't, and right now I'm, I'm studying minimalism, but I want to like put a little spin on to make it black <laughs> of not being completely doing the minimal. But my money goes further because I want less. I don't need all the extra, extra, extra. And the consumerism of, of in America. So the part of, of that, I say that it, I don't run, I mean, the house is mine, and wherever I am, I'm still going to keep my integrity, whether you know it's my house or somebody else's house or whatever. So I don't look at it for that old traditional way of that I'm the head of the household. No, it's that you? We are two individuals, and we are sharing this living space. But I don't run you. You don't own me, and I don't own you. So don't try to tell me what to do. Yeah. I love it that she doesn't question me. Where you been? I don't want to talk to my lawyer. <laughs> you ain't gonna ask me where I've been, what I've been doing, and give you a, a blowout. No, I want my independence. I want to be anonymous.
0: Is that so? Your independence is—is it—is it real big in uh, in your marriage? So I, because I know I'm last spoke, week, last week we understand. spoke about like individualism. Yeah, that, that was one of the topics we were gonna uh, we were gonna okay. talk about today. Is also having a like an individual life outside of your marriage, like friends, and how do you mm-hmm. how do you balance that? Because I know, like I said, I'm i because you know I I got I got the back on you know it's uncle. So because he him and my other uncle, like my Uncle Terry, they uh they they still active with the music. So they're in Laughlin, they're traveling a lot, and that's why I was like, and this is years. This is this is not just. You know, this is this is this is like they're in. This is 20, 30, 40 years in. Like yeah. this is our beginning. Like this is how Neo started. So the uncles had started. So they, they dad was in a group. So that's how they started. So when you had that understanding, like, how do you balance that? So Auntie is just cool, long as it is it a schedule, long as she know? like how do you like how do y'all balance it? How do, do y'all go out often? Cause I don't ever hear about you going out uh that that much with uh with, with Auntie.
2: So the my approach to it is saying that when you meet me and you know how i am how i roll you know what my schedule is and all that and if you're going to be if you know that in the beginning then i'm going to change it unless i decide to make that modification that changes to it mm. so she was accepting you know right off the bat and to me i had other options of, of women who might not have accepted it and i summarily you know dismissed and said they won't be then i got wife material for me because yeah. the uniqueness thing that i bring mm. to is that I don't need, I don't feel slighted at all of saying that you don't think I am filling the blank, masculine enough or whatever, all that stuff. I don't need that. My arrogance won't allow me to think that way. So I don't have to need, I don't need validation to tell me I'm the head of the household. In fact, uh, she kind of went biblical and saying that you're the headship. You that, I'm saying, like, you ain't got to do nothing <laughs> special for me. You're not going to disrespect me. I say it to myself, and I said low and now, I say it out loud every now and then. But for the most part, that, I don't I don't need to say that I am the head of the household and I got to beat my chest and and give you the blow by blow of what If that's the way you guys roll, then yeah, you do it like that. But mine is saying that I've always been independent and and doing my own thing and go when I come. That's just been me. So right. That so, that's the way it works for me. It works out
0: for me. So cuz I'm you know, I'm just trying to dig in and, and yeah. trying to see cuz I know a lot of people are that are listening in? They might look at it as that your marriage is more approached on business. So how like so how does how does it like? And I don't want to be all in your personal. No, mind, no, go ahead. I'm the, open, the, book, man. The, Both the, Like sides. as far as being intimate and and organic is the mm-hmm. love organic
2: or is it always a business deal I think going that's on always between business? Y'all? No, so it's to me twenty two years now that we've been married and the again the individual i i i my theory growing up bible belt in in arkansas i never saw my mom and dad kiss but they were like six kids at the house <laughs> so so i know they were you know intimate thing but that wasn't has not been a part of me and my makeup that's crazy so a person you know if if that is what you and the uniqueness that you and the other person brings in the relationship then yeah but if if you're going to say that i'm committed to this person for life you know that's that's my approach to it and all my last wives divorced me, so I kept my commitment. I could still be into their, their marriage to them. And the same thing with this one, uh, is that I, I'm committed. and the way that I move about the household as well as outside, I believe I'm respecting everybody. That, that's just my approach to it. Yeah. So I, to me, I believe I'm giving her the respect and say, I'm, I'm demanding respect without saying anything, I just how I, when you, you'll know when I disagree with something. You just kind of know me, but it's yeah. kind of like
0: the you kind of got the head of the household kind of thing. Because if it if they, if they don't agree with you, it's kind of like they hit the door. Because you said you 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 went out and selected, not like that. And I don't yeah, and say, that, yeah, that was part and of it. I don't want to I don't want to say yeah. it like that. I just <laughs> no, it, see it, what it was still life Head yeah. of yeah. household. You of household. Like, I see. Because it, 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 it's like well, that's what with, they were looking for too. With, with, with me and my like with me and my wife, you yeah. know, we it was more high school, you know, yeah. just organic. Yeah. My mom, dad, organic. You know, SO story with how he met his wife, you know, it, it's just organic. And and like when I hear you talk, it's just more or less like it's all business. And it's like, hey, if it's it was when written. I want yeah, it was written. When I walked into this, this is what I was looking for. So did you learn that from your first one? Going into your second, oh well, your third. One. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we hey, we be learning a lot of stuff here, man. I,
2: I thought was only married twice. So excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, man. So uh yeah. No, it's all good. Uh when I left to Nigeria in two thousand, it was in December, and uh I'd gotten us uh, the I say my most recent ex wife divorced me in, in ninety nine. So I kinda of put it out there in the universe, the type of woman that I wanted. Independent, you know, had her own money, her own thoughts, her own it just don't need me. Don't yeah. need me. So now when we get together and both of us are liking each other and liking what the characteristics that we bring into the household or into the relationship, and then that works. That works. So the Whole year that we dated, we were not intimate. The entire year that we dated, because we were that was not one of the things that was a prerequisite for us. Whatever it it, it worked. So like I say 20, 22 years later, God, it is still. God did. bless you. Well, y'all got to have you know it's like, but right. the the part of saying that, of um, I know I learned a lot of picked up a lot of habits from my dad, and a lot of habits on purpose I avoided that I uh, you know saw exhibited in him he was 17 years old and mom, and like being a dad that's bringing the new daughter in too, but then also being married and, and having children by, but the, the part of saying old school, him growing up in the 40s and 50s and stuff, or 30s and 40s, then that relationship uh, of saying that the wife is an extension of uh, your household and you run dad, you know, gotta ask your dad, gotta ask your dad. And that's that's fine for the people who like that. And I said, I don't want a woman have to say, Gotta ask your dad for everything, for anything and everything. Gotta come by with me. I don't want that.
3: You run the house, run the house.
0: That's yes, what I'm uh, so? Okay. I, I seen that face. Over. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> He's right. I agree. Yeah, no.
3: the, 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 the wife is over the kids, the father's over the wife, God is over the household. Everybody look up, everybody report up. I think I think but like I said for me for me
0: <laughs> with with, with Unc too, man, understanding like the dynamics of uh the household. Like I said, I'm I consider myself the head of the household in my house. I make the decisions where everything cause I just feel like that's what's needed in my household. Cause that's why I say everything could be like on a case by case, you know, like <laughs> scenario with everything. Cause you know, my wife does still she still has her individual life outside of what we have going on. I'm not the end-all, like you said. I, I'm more modified of what you got going on. I'm not like, what I say is it. But if I feel strong about it, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I feel like this is the best thing, then I, I will stick with it. But yeah, you know, it's it's equality. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely in in, in in my marriage, like I said, it's equality. But, you know, same thing. If I if I feel strong about it, though, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stand on
2: it. I, I I think there's less confrontation to me when I'm expecting, you know, I'm expecting. I knew I was getting a good Christian woman, you know. Before we got married, I knew that church going and all that stuff, praying and having a relationship with God. So I'm knowing that going into it. So it's not going to be, you know, kind of a confrontation of her like challenging me. Of which, in a lot of things, of which I encourage, I do my granddaughter and my daughter saying, "Have your own opinion, unless you, know, you can disagree with me." but we're going to keep it, you know, sterile, you know, keep it clinical and you're going to respect And well, I don't cuss, as you probably see, I don't yeah. cuss, so I'm not, we're not going to do that in that. So I want to follow your logic. And if it's good logic, then I might change my mind, you know, right. or if I, if I'm okay, you know, kind of wishy-washy on the fence or whatever. And to me, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can compromise on or saying that I can change my position on. And over the years, as I get older, like I'll be 70 in a minute, that my position has changed. So if they want to, Try to I always want to do that. Now that I say you too old to fight it. You don't care no more. Ah, you want me down. I don't care. Almost that's 70, mess.
0: man. That that right, that's man. that game,
2: man.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm fucking intrigued, man. I wish we had a longer time. Cause <laughs> God damn, I had so I, I I got so much in my head bubbling, man. <laughs> and we gotta get uh, we hey, get them back, man. We yeah, we back. gotta do yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um for the people who are uh, very <laughs> intrigued by your thought process, um, where can they find you at? I
2: get my personal phone number, 702-277-0864. I'm a real estate agent also, so people call me all the time. Jerry, yeah, you're a really it, boy. You're just a, just a wild boy. you <laughs> <Wild laughs> boy. Yeah,
1: I, I, I have your thought process too, man, mm-hmm. um, you know, as far as the household goes, man. You know, um, integrity is big to me. I don't really care yeah, about the self-rewarding yeah. and, and the self-loathing and, and the... Yeah. the Whatever you want to call it, man, you know, I have my kids, you know, I have my wife, man. I just want to weld, a weld oil machine, man. That's it. We keep going. All oh, the talk. titles, all the titles, I don't, I, don't, I do yeah. not care about any of that. Um, But, yeah, man, this was good, man. Good show. This is good. I, hey, <laughs> yo. Hey, oh, yeah, man. Hey, where what can they find y'all? At, man? Hey, man, call Grease. Uh, your local
0: real estate agent like my Uncle Jerry said, <laughs>
3: man. <laughs> I am Esther the O on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Hey, man, just call me Spence on Twitter. Um, that was his podcast, man. This is another episode. We'll be back next week. Yes, sir. Peace.